Welcome everyone. This is Coaching in Session. My name is Michael Reardon and I'll be your mindset coach today. And today we're going to be talking about everything. We're going to be talking about leadership. We're going to be talking about identity. We're going to be talking about human potential, seeing the person for who they can become rather than who they are, who they were. I know it can be difficult for some people to see that they have potential in them. People will make an excuse for not taking action. People will make an excuse to get something worse than what they can get. People don't understand just how amazing they are. And it's shocking to me sometimes. When I work with people, when I speak with people, I'm like, hey, you're amazing. Don't you realize that? Don't you realize that? And that's what I say to them. And they kind of hide a smile. And they maybe say, well, thank you. And kind of shove it off. And maybe that stays with them throughout the day. But for the dreamers, for the curious people of the world, they say, you know what? I'm going to do something with what he said. I'm going to take action. Because fear is going to knock you down before you even get knocked down. You're not even going to attempt to do something if fear is present. If the possibility that you don't win is there, you're not going to win every single day. You're not going to win every single time. There's going to be times when you get that life lesson of failure. Failure is going to be one of the greatest lessons that you can ever, ever, ever take away. Yet, people run from it. People run from their failure. People run from their mistakes. They use their past circumstances as the reason why they can or they can't do something. Well, I can do something because someone told me I have this mindset because of my environment or I have this mindset because of my upbringing or I have this mindset because this is what the world we're living in, right? We're living in this world. It's not easy. No one said life is going to be easy. And if they did, they're a liar. Life is full of twists and turns. But just because life is not easy, it doesn't mean that life cannot be good. Life is good. I want people to understand that. Life is good. We give ourselves stress because we need stress. We need stress. We need problems. We need issues. We love the drama. We love the negativity. That is just how our brain is hardwired. Yet we're hardwired in a specific way and we are taught a specific way. We are formed in that specific light. Yet, just because we are formed in a way doesn't mean that we can't change who we are, who we have become, because who we have become might not be who we will be. And I encourage people, do you know who you want to be? Do you know the reason you want to be more? Do you have an inkling of the direction you would like to walk in? Well, if you do, if you don't, today I'm going to be bringing on a guest, Carolyn Mabubi, who's going to be helping us understand the whole journey, because there's going to be many aspects of life that we have to talk about, that we have to work through. It's difficult, and it truly is difficult in one episode to talk about life and to really break it down step by step, right? We do our best. We did our best, and it came out amazing. Today's episode is amazing. So as you listen to it today, I want you to say, wow, this is really good. Get your notebooks, get your notepads, get your iPhones and your note section or whatever you got, and get ready to start taking some notes. Get ready to write down your next steps for the best life ever, because it's right ahead with my guest, Carolyn, and myself. Welcome, Carolyn Mabubi, to Coaching in Session. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Michael. Thank you for having me. 
of course. And first off, love your energy, super calm, super mellow, and your mindset is awesome too. So I know we're going to have a great show today. Today, I have you on as a life and leadership coach. And a lot of people don't even realize that their life is upside down until they are at rock bottom. It takes people sometimes that trauma, that jolt to wake them awake and say, hey, I need a coach. I need someone to help me. And just before we hit the record button, you and I were talking about sugar and spice and adding a little bit of fire to the flame, right? So today we're going to be talking about that and how you light the flame in people. But in your own words, can you please tell the world who you are, what you do and how you help? So Michael, I I do use the the title of coach even though it is probably my least favorite way to refer to myself, but you know, I haven't found a much better way. I'm really a trusted advisor to my clients and you know, to anyone that works with me. I have a very close relationship with my clients to help them get past whatever issues they have, but also to play a bigger game. So I do want to make the distinction in this moment that the difference between coaching and therapy, even though they tend to overlap in a lot of places, is coaching is for highly functioning people. So, you know, my coaching anyway, you don't come to it because your life is a disaster. You come to it because your life is pretty good, but you feel like you're not stepping into your power. You're not, you're not fulfilling your potential. There's something missing. And you have already realized the connection between life and work, life and family. You get that life is about integration and owning all the pieces of yourself. And then I help you play at a higher level. The term life coach is one of the vaguest terms that we can ever give ourselves, but it's the term that when someone says, okay, I'm a life coach. Okay. I have a good understanding of what you do, right? If you say you're like a life advisor, or if you're a mindset coach like myself, people are like, well, what's that? Right? So then you have to go into the full uh, history of what you do and how you help people. I love the concept of just knowing that there's a difference between what a life coach is and what a therapist is, because people who have a deep, dark depression, maybe dealing with some type of disorder, substance abuse, yes, you're going to need someone who is specialized in that area, right? We work with high-functioning people who are ready to make some changes in their life. And today we're going to be talking about that. Today we're going to be talking to those people who are ready and willing to make that change in their life. Because we all have an idea for life, right? We want to have a little bit of purpose, maybe have the good things in life, right? We all have these lofty goals, these high visions for our future. But why don't many people take that step? Why don't many people reach for that goal and try to get that life? Why do people stay stuck in comfort rather than live in abundance? Hmm. Because it takes courage, Michael. And, you know, most people think it takes clarity. So they'll say, oh, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what to do about this. I'm not clear about that. But clarity is not required. And actually, it's not even possible. When you look at your life, when I look at my life, most of the time we have clarity when we look in the rearview mirror and we look back and say, oh, I see how that worked out or I see what I was doing then. Courage, though, is required. It's hard. Not everybody wants to go deep like that. You know, as human beings, our brain is created to keep us in comfort and safety. And growth doesn't feel safe. Being out of your comfort zone does not feel safe. So for me, it's very easy to understand. And also I have a lot of compassion for people who don't want to do it. And I'm like, that is your choice for sure. 
I think we are at a time in history where when more people than ever before are wanting to break through those barriers and just live more powerful, intentional lives. I have a hard time with this because I always envision like everyone has this potential, right? They have the human potential for great things in their life. Yet so many people, they just say, you know what? This is my life, right? This is complacency. This is what I was given, right? They were given a hand and they don't play it, right? Uh, Sometimes like if you are familiar with poker, they might be given the worst hand ever and they win, right? Because they were like, well, this is the hand I got, right? How can I use it? How can I come out on top, right? How can I win? Yet in life, many people, they look at their circumstances, they look at where they grew up, maybe even privilege. And we say, well, this is who I am. This is the life that I was born into. This is the life I must live. Yet you can make some changes. Yet how many percent of people in the world make that change? How many people take that leap and say, okay, I might fail, but at least it's better than if I just stayed where I was. People just say, well, I would rather not move. And you're right, right? People don't want to take the action. People don't want to put in the energy because of that fear aspect too there, because they might put in all this work, come out on the other end and not even have anything to show from it. So if they stay still, they stay in the same spot, then they can give themselves, I guess, a little pep talk or an unpep talk saying, well, if we don't do anything, we're going to have the same things. And if we did something and we didn't achieve something, right? What's the difference between a high achiever and a low achiever? Is it about mindset or is it about the circumstances that we're born into? Well, I think no one knows the answer better than you and your followers and your listeners because you've created an entire show based on the value of mindset. So it is absolutely mindset and there's more to it than that. So to give you some context, for example, when I start working with someone, I'm working on three levels simultaneously, not always at the same time, but I access all three of these levels. At the highest level to create transformation is the level of identity and environment. So I'm helping them literally craft a new identity in the world. So regardless of who, how you've been acting in the past, who, what people think about you, what you were born into or not, what is the identity? you want to create in the world? Who do you need to be? Who do you want to be in order to achieve your goals? Who do you have to be in order to achieve your goals? So I'm myself, I'm a trail runner and ultra athlete. My goal is to run a hundred miles. I've done 50 miles. I've done 100K. To a hundred K to for a hundred miles. I need to become yet another person. So the growth never ceases in terms of creating new identities for ourselves. As long as we are, to your point about being high achieving, as long as we get fired up by our next goal, and this doesn't mean you're never satisfied. This doesn't mean you're a hamster on the wheel. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means you want to live fully and you have done the work and you continue to do the work to understand what that means for you, what aliveness means for you, what brings you alive. So there's identity and then there's environment. Because I, we can work on your identity all day long. If your environment doesn't support who you are becoming, there is nothing you and I can do. The environment always wins. I don't remember the name of the writer. I think he wrote the book, Good to Great, Jim, something or other. But there's a line in there where he says, culture eats values for breakfast. 
Meaning, I don't care what you say your values are. If the culture, if the environment is such that it doesn't support those or actually works aggressively against those values, culture wins all 100% of the time. So I'm focused on that 90% of the time, identity and environment. Right under that is where you focus a lot and bring your listeners into conversation with you and your guests, which is mindset. There's no way around the fact that our beliefs drive our actions and create our lives. So how you see life, what you're calling mindset, is everything. And it has nothing to do with your circumstances. Because exactly as you said, how is it that people from widely different circumstances have different mindsets? Mindset is a practice. It can be developed. And Carol Dweck has a great book on this about the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset that should be required reading for all parents, all children, in all schools. And habits as well. So mindset and habits go together. And then at the lowest level, but still important, but this is the level most coaches work at and most clients go for. And I feel it's a short-term kind of antidote. It's not a long-term transformation. That's the level of strategy and tactics. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. How is that done? How do I say this? And I can do that all day long with people. No problem. I'll role play with you. I'll teach you all kinds of skills. We can look at a situation and come up with five ways for you to solve it. That's strategy and tactics. But the goal of a great life coach is not to have your clients become dependent on you. It's to empower them to keep going to higher and higher levels. The irony of that is they will continue to work with you like I work with my own coach forever. Because every time you reach one milestone in terms of your awareness and consciousness, you realize, oh my God, there's like so much more. That was a lot I just downloaded on you, but I I hope it made sense. (laughs) No, I got it all. And we're about to break it down because I love how you talked about identity because when we build our identity, it's like, all right, this is who I am, right? This is who I'm supposed to be. This is who I'm going to become even then, right? Because our identity might say, okay, well, I'm a college student and I'm going to be a business professional, right? That's our identity. And then eventually we become that business professional. But maybe along that way, we find that business is not exactly what fulfills us, what makes us happy, what sparks our fire, lights us up, makes us get out of bed and say, all right, I'm excited to go to work today. A lot of people don't have careers that they can go to and fully enjoy, be happy that they have them. Yes, they're happy that they get a check. They're happy that they can pay their bills and maybe have the lifestyle that they can achieve. You said something great about identity. We can change it, right? We can evolve it. Identity is one of those things that I think many people don't realize is always changing, is always evolving. Because if we look at the identity that we had in high school, it's different than the identity that we had when we are working professionals. And then maybe eventually you have kids. So now that identity is no longer about who you were in high school, or maybe not even your working life anymore. Maybe now you're a father, a mother, you're a family person, right? You would sacrifice your work for your kids. Our identity shifts, right? And we put our focus in different areas of our life. Sometimes I think people have a hard time putting that focus in certain areas, whether it be career, family, or self, right? When is the proper time to act on those, right? When is the right time to act on ourselves? 
when is the right time to focus on our family, and when is the right time to focus on our career. And this is going to be one of those questions that is going to lead to maybe different and conflicting answers because what you believe might not be what I believe. But to offer some insight, I think is going to give the viewers a little bit of understanding of how a coach thinks, especially when it comes to identity. And then we can get into an environment aspect a little bit later. Thank you for that. I don't know how a coach thinks, but I can certainly share with you what I share with my clients and what I've seen work. I do want to take a step back and say that, just explain a little bit more about how I see identity and how I cultivate it in my work with my clients. A lot of people confuse roles with identity. So it's true that you're, you're right. If you're being a parent, you know, it does inform your identity in that moment. So our roles do inform our identity to some degree, but really your identity is how you are behaving in the world. And most people think their identity is what they're saying. No, it's not. Your identity is how other people see you. If I am convicted of a crime that I did not commit, as unfair as it is, I am now, my identity now is that of a criminal. So it's really, really important that we slow down to who we are acting as, who we are becoming. You know, are we keeping our word rather than like, you know, what are we saying? What do I post on Instagram? You know, what are the memes I'm putting out there? What am I preaching to other people? And a lot of coaches, they do that. I mean, this is a very crowded field where people think it's like just about going in there and telling other people, you know, how smart you are, what to do. No, to change one's identity, to create one's identity takes commitment and action. Having said that, we have our roles, but identity is about, are you an optimist? Are you, or a a pessimist? Are you, do you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? Do you know what it is to be impeccable with your word or do you just say whatever and go on? So that is really how I am, you know, talking about identity. Now the quest, tell me the question that you had regarding identity and then we'll go deeper. Yeah. So, so basically you, you answered it because I wanted to just get your take on identity. So, yeah. So yeah, no, to take a step back. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've thought about identity in, in that fashion before. I think of it as something, as something malleable where we can change it any way we want, because yes, we could be a convicted felon, but it doesn't mean that we can't be a CEO. We can make some changes and I don't want people to just think, well, my perception of what people think of me is my identity, because at the end of the day, you get to identify who you are or who you would like to be. But yes, you are right there also, because people will look at you and they will identify you as something, right? That leads to roadblocks for many people, right? Oh, I am a convicted felon. People won't hire me, things along that nature. Let's say you are, you know, more on the identity. You are just someone who's just not a kind person, right? You have bad character. No one wants to hang out with me. All of those things can be changed, right? Yes, there might be a couple people who see you as that or have saw you as that. But I like to see it as when you look at a person, can you see the good in them or can you see the bad in them? It's similar to growth and fixed mindset, but a little bit different, right? Because you can see a good in a person, you can see a bad in a person. So let's say someone's really bad, right? Maybe they're an alcoholic, they're abuser, they do all these negative things, right? They steal, 
a, a lot of bad stuff, right? In their corner. But maybe they're, you know, like a good son or a good daughter, right? Maybe they're a good worker at work, right? So there is some good. And I've been thinking about this quite often, probably for the past couple of months, is like, if someone is really bad, right? And if we look at the identity of that person, right? They have this bad rap for themselves. Can we see the good in them, right? Because not everyone is going to be in a bad place. And I've seen interviews of police officers who work in the jails who would say that the men in there are good men. Most of them are good men, right? They just got behind the law. And after their rehabilitation process, they're leaving. Yes, they have that thing on their record, but they lost maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whatever it was. And now they're coming back into the real world again, right? And they're having a hard time showing that. But then when they're leaving, right, the officers are saying, take care, right? Like it's all with love, it's all with respect, even though that person might be viewed in the light of society as, oh, this person is bad, stay away from them. And I think how we view people is going to offer a different light too, right? Because if we look at someone just for who they are or what they did, how can we see them for what they can do? right? What they're able to do, right? Their potential. And I wanted to get your take on that. And then we're going to get into environment. But your take on that, right? When we look at a person, right? Whether it be someone on the outside or just from you in your standpoint, looking at someone, seeing their potential rather than what they have done. Yes. It starts with a really powerful distinction, which is that I don't believe anyone is bad. And I'm sh- maybe there are bad people. I haven't met them. I believe behavior is bad. There's bad behavior. And I will call my clients and myself and my children on that with a lot of love, but no sugarcoating whatsoever. Bad behavior is bad behavior. Of course, every choice we make has a prize and a price. So yes, you made a choice that landed you in jail. The price was 15 years in jail and that's passed. What's the next choice? And what's the next choice after that? So I live and breathe in the world of behaviors, not in the world of, you know, you're a good person or you're a bad person. There's no judgment in my world. I cannot, to your point, how could I hold space for what someone can be if I'm focused on some story in my head or in their head about what they are? So for me, personality is a practice. You create it. Identity is created. All of these ways of saying you and me is created. And I help people create that. And to answer your question, one of my gifts is I see you. I see you even when you don't see yourself. I don't work with everyone. I really don't. I spend a lot of time before working with someone to understand who they are. And by that time, I see them so clearly. And it's just a matter of me holding the space and the vision. And I can't tell the timing. I don't know whether it's going to be three months or six months or two years before they fully inhabit who I see them to be. But 100% of the time, my experiences, they do. People rise when you hold that space for them. Yes, the expectation aspect. When I was a teacher, I found that if you don't have expectations, the classroom is not 100% manageable, all right? Yes, you can have good authority figure presence and you can have good rules and good management, but if you don't have the expectations there for them, 
they have no guidance or they don't have any goal to say, okay, this is what I'm going to be judged on. So I think like I had like five, I can't recall all five right now, but basically it was like kindness, show up. It was, it was a whole list, but basically the top ones that we always worked on was kindness and just showing up, right? Come the best you can that day, because I understand some days you're not going to be hundred percent in school. Maybe you don't feel good. Maybe something happened at home. Maybe one of your friends said something to you and it's, it's bothering you. I understand that, right? That's school. But then we have the aspect of kindness, right? We don't belittle people for no reason in my class. And I remember there was a incident, and this is probably like third graders or fourth graders or something like that. Someone messed up and someone said, hey, you messed up or something like that. And I was like, whoa, yeah, they made a mistake, but it doesn't mean that we can't work on it. You don't have to call them out on their mistake. That's my job. I don't need help. And so I just said something like that to them. Okay, cool. Right. We, and we don't have incidents like that anymore because bullying is one of those things that happen, right? And it's the environment, the environment that you create. If you have a cool, calm, nurturing environment, right? They're going to feel safe. They're going to not feel like, oh my goodness, if I raise my hand, I get it wrong. I'm going to be a target, right? I'm vulnerable because education and changing, right? Like even through the coaching process is a moment of vulnerability because you're telling someone your deepest, darkest, most intimate ideas and thoughts and feelings. And you want that person to be there and help you and hold that space and not judge you for what you were or what people think you are, right? Let's look at you right now. I see so much in you. I want to bring that out. How can we do that together, right? And then, of course, the strategy and stuff like that too. Sometimes the environment can get in the way, right? The culture aspect. You might be around negative people. You might be around bad influences. And that right there can just keep bringing you back, keep bringing you back, keep bringing you down. Yeah. But we want to get up. We want you to fly. We want you to rise. How do we do that if the environment is bad? How do you help people get out of bad environments that is not nurturing them into the person that you know they can be? Yeah. So you're, the people who are listening and not watching this can't see that I have a big smile on my face, which has to do with, there's so much joy in my heart at the thought of you being a teacher and that there are children in the world that are the beneficiary of your, just your way of interacting with children. If we had more of this kind of interaction that we call coaching in schools versus just teaching and this kind of unilateral way of being with kids where we just tell them stuff and you know, we just download shit on them and they're supposed to receive and then move on with life, we would have a very different world. And I'm hoping that more coaching will be introduced at younger and younger ages into the curriculum of schools. So that's why I had a big smile on my face, just imagining you in those environments and thinking how lucky those kids are. Environment, how do we do it? One very, very, very small step at a time. That's really very hard because you can't expect Environment is a lot of things. It's not just your physical environment. You know, if you are in an abusive relationship, that's a non-starter. Like you got to get out of that, you know, but you can't do it overnight. So I have to be patient with my clients. I can't give them an ultimatum, but environment is also your spiritual environment. What you put in your body, you know, it's, um, it's what you put in your mind. What are you consuming? What are you listening to? What are you watching? All of these things are environment. So I don't, 
I've taken on clients over the years that, you know, drink or do drugs. And if I feel that that is not, that's like something that could exit their lives, you know, with the right support, I will do that. And even with them, I won't say, hey, you have to quit drinking or you have to stop, you know, the drugs before. I'm not talking like serious drug addicts, but more recreational before we can work together. Repetition is really the core of our work. So they will get so tired of me saying, look, it's great to coach you and I'm happy to do it. And, you know, you make improvement in the session, but when you go out there and you drink, all hell breaks loose, nothing matters. Like nothing we've accomplished here has any meaning. So you want to come back and do it again? I'm patient. I'll be here. We'll do it again. And over time, they'll stop the drinking or reduce it to, you know, a level that keeps them conscious because consciousness is really the core of the work, right? If you're not conscious, you're not going to be able to do any of the things you talk about so passionately that you've devoted your life to bringing people into this knowledge. Primary is consciousness and awareness. So I say, look, when you're, you drink, you're just not conscious. It's not you. It's me too. You know, when we, when we do drugs, we check out, we're not conscious. And how many times do you want to start this process over and over and over again? It's up to you. So very slowly, there's a great book on habits to change your environment. And it's called Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg. That's the book I would recommend to anybody who needs to take small steps to really start to transform their environment. Yeah, it's so important that we start with those tiny habits. I think sometimes people think like, okay, I have to change my whole environment. Let me get rid of all my friends. Let me move away. I mean, that is a shocker. It's, and it's scary, scary because you don't know what's on the other end. And it's similar to that saying, um, you know, like we're going to make land and we're going to burn the ships, right? So now we only have one direction to go, right? And this is our only option, right? Or people who say, um, you can only have plan A, there's no plan B. Yeah. It works for some people. It's, you know, there's, there's all different ways of coaching. It's not my way. It's not my way. I work with adults with complicated lives and young adults who need a lot of space and a lot of compassion and a lot of understanding. So this sort of like my way or the highway or burn the boats, it feels very exciting in the moment, but then you send your people out into the world and like, hello, <laughs> it, it, most of the time it doesn't work. Yes. I mean, it's a good aspect. Um, like I know a lot of sales people say, right? It's only one option, right? Sell, 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 sell. But when we're looking at life and we're looking at an individual who's trying to find meaning, right? And they don't really know exactly what they want, but they, at least they have some direction, right? So they're like, I want to go that way, but I don't know what I'm going to find. So think of uh, if you're going to go hiking, right? I know you're a runner, but let's say you're going to go hike a hill yeah. or a mountain or something like that. And you're going to get to the top of the summit. You have no idea what you're going to find up there until you get there, right? Because you might see flowers that just sprouted the night before. Maybe you see some cloud formations that you didn't see the last time you were up there, or if it's your first time that you're seeing for the first time. Maybe there's people up there you can have a conversation with. We don't know what the destination is going to bring us. We have an idea of what the destination is going to bring us. But when we get up there, we could be pleasantly surprised, or we can say, that's it. So if it's that's it, then we have to look for a new peak to climb and to find new meaning. There's a... Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah, go for it. So I do a value assessment with my clients right off the bat because I want to understand what their top three life values are. I'm listening to you. 
And I am wondering if curiosity is one of your top life values. Hmm. I wouldn't say curiosity is up there. That's interesting because I just find you endlessly curious. I'm a mysterious guy. So (laughs) yeah, you have to be careful with me. All right. But I, I have found in my life just from my many careers, working with people, understanding myself is that I have no problem with going in alone, but I understand the value of going in together. Hmm. And when I choose to have that environment around me of people, of the habits that I'm looking for, I'm very cognizant of those. So I would say I'm more cautious than curious Hmm. because if I was curious, I was like, oh, let me try a little bit of this. Let me try this. Let's see how this works. I will say I love knowledge Hmm. and I love wisdom even more than knowledge. I inquire about anything and everything whether it be fitness, relationships, life, careers, right? The attainment of goals from people who are ahead of me because they have done something that I'm maybe working toward or maybe have never even thought about. So I wanted to understand their mindsets. What is that mindset? I talked to a lot of leaders because to be honest, I never knew I was going to be a CEO of, of a company and have workers and things like that. I always thought I was just going to be a teacher, maybe be a principal one day, something like that. But then to have my own company and to do what I'm doing now, I mean, I, I, I never thought about it. Wow. And even when I stepped into that role in that position, it wasn't until I had a really, really, I guess you can say it was a, it's not, sketchy is not the word. It was a boss that looked good on the outside, right? Paper. It was like, oh, wow, this guy is great and is cool. And his demeanor is cool. The way he speaks is awesome. But deep down, you know, when the true emotions come out, he wasn't someone I wanted to be around. Yeah. So at that time, I did a lot of work on leadership. What makes an effective leader? What makes an effective boss? I did a lot of work, a lot of reading, a lot of studying on that because I wanted to not be like him, even though he was good on the outside, on the inside, he wasn't. And sometimes I have to understand that too, because when I'm talking to my employees and my team and I'm like, all right, let's figure out what we need versus you're doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong. Passing that blame out. You know, like for me, excuses don't live here, right? If I mess up or if something goes wrong, there's no excuses, right? If I'm late, I'm late, right? There's no, oh, there was traffic. Oh, my dog ate my homework. My car broke down. No excuses, right? A hundred percent is on me. I try to do my best to be a hundred percent every single day in all aspects. Do I win every day? No, mm-hmm. I don't. So some days I get beat down and I, and then I'm like, oh, you are committed to taking radical responsibility. You are committed. You're a stand for that. That is your identity. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. When I say when I talk about identity. Okay. Yeah. But would it be curious though? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Cause as you're speaking, I'm like, cause I'm not attached to being right. But as you're speaking, I'm like, you don't think that's curious. You don't think that's curious. Like you are you, you know, there is something about you that's very ambitious in a noble way, not in the way of greedy that people think, but, mm. you know, that desire for more, for better, you know, for there's got to be better leadership. I, there's got to be more I could understand. So that, and you've got to be curious. 
That's something I can't create in people, equality. If they're not curious, they'll be complacent. And that's why you see so much complacency around you. You're like, you started our session by saying, I don't understand how this certain people can be this way. You know, they're not driven by curiosity. Like they're okay. They're okay. They're driven by safety. It's really important to know what our top values are because regardless of what we say we want, our values drive our actions and our actions then create our life, not our, you know, words. Mm-hmm. You know, one of, yeah, yeah. One of my pet peeves, it's not really a pet peeve or anything, but you alluded to this, right? The strategy aspect of what a lot of coaches do, right? I'm going to give you the strategy, you follow it. If you follow it, you're going to hopefully have a better life. Or if you follow this program, you're going to be in a better place in 90 days. At the end of the day, we don't know how long it's going to take. Okay. We can have an understanding of what it is from just working with a bunch of people and getting an average, but for that individual, right? What they have to work through, what their circumstances, a strategy might be a good place to start, but they need something more, right? They, you know, they need more than just a plan. If I just told my clients saying, Hey, you know, I want you to do this, this and that, and then come back and see me, right? That's good and everything, right? Yes, they're going to be repeat clients and things like that. But am I really helping this person change into the person that they can change into? Because it's important that we look at that too, because what you can do is going to be vastly different than what I can do. Yes, we have that human potential, but our mindsets are going to be driving us in different directions. So I might be going on you know, this journey, you're going on this journey. We both do something amazing. So I don't want People don't like say, well, you know, he went this way and it was amazing. And she went that way. It was pretty amazing too. So which way do I go? Right. So they're lost. They might say, well, I'm going to go work with Carolina and say, okay, well, I like your strategy, right? Tell me your strategy. But the end goal for what a person can do is going to be unique. I always tell people, if you look at a person, right, see what they have, what they have achieved, what they've accomplished, understand that, right? You can use that as a foundation block for you to build on. But don't make that your only goal because you can go so much further. You can go so much farther. If you just think about the history of time, right? If people just said, well, oh, well, I want a horse and a buggy and everyone wanted that horse and buggy. Eventually there was a car. Everyone, oh, I want a car. Now they're living in little cabins. Oh, now I have this big mansion, right? So we're always evolving. And as time shifts, right, our strategy has to shift too and our drive has to shift. And you're right. You know, I guess I am very curious, right? Because I'm thinking about, What's going on in the world? What's going on? So curious. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on in the world, right? And I'm asking the questions that are correlating to the mindset that is developing. And one of the reasons why I stepped into coaching and left teaching was because I saw what was happening in the schools and I was like, this is going to be a forever problem unless we can nip it in the butt. And you're right. If we can bring life coaches into school and to talk to more individuals, to more children that are coming up and learning, then yes, right? They're going to have a better footing when they're going off into high school, going off into the real world. The issue is that it could take one bad teacher to ruin it all. And that teacher might be getting close to retirement. Maybe they shouldn't have been a teacher in the beginning. You know, like one bad apple ruins a whole bunch, but it doesn't mean we can't understand that there's a bad apple in there and do our due diligence and make sure that we shift things in the right way. Yeah. Is that is that strategy? Is that an understanding that there's no hope 
for the school system? Or is it something that we just have to create that awareness and then understand who's in our life? Because someone might say that you can't do something. Do you listen to that? Or do you say, just because you can't doesn't mean I can't? So to answer this last question, like if a client or a potential client that I'm just in conversations with, right, says something like that, I can't, I don't argue with them. Because coaching isn't about arguing someone into a new mindset, but it is on me to get creative about what is the question I can ask this person in this moment that will provoke their thinking. So I'm not going to tell them that's not true, but I'm going to say something like, I mean, all my coaching is in the moment, but I might say, okay, so you can't do it. Tell me, is there anyone in your world that's doing that? No, there's no one in my world. What is there anyone in the bigger world that's doing that? Well, yeah, you know, so-and-so. What do you think is the difference between them and you? I start from there. You know, I'm there to provoke their thinking. I'm not there to preach to them. I'm on their side, sitting next to them, not in judgment of them, not telling them that I know better. Because to your point about all of us having different journeys, I don't know. I really don't know what their journey is. I know I have a full, very full toolbox. I know that at any given moment, I can pull out a tool that's going to help this person, but I don't know what their journey is. We're going to co-create that together. We're going to find that out together as we move forward. Tying this back to schools, if we could give that same kind of respect to our children, instead of telling them what life is, helping them, co-creating powerful lives with them from a young age. Because that is, you know, when we do it from a young age, it's so much easier to be an adult rather than doing it in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Not pathologizing our children's behaviors, but rather seeing them as completely healthy. And here's skills, here's tools, here's conversations, here's powerful questions rather than answers, you know, to live into. So If we could just add, inject a little bit of coaching somehow into the system, I would be, I would see that as a big win. Yeah. I think the best way would be to do workshops for teachers and just equip the teachers with the mindset of understanding that, yes, there might be a student that you're dealing with that is very difficult, but they have potential. So I want you to understand that they have the potential. You might not be able to see it, right? But don't allow your view of that child to be what they view themselves as too, right? So if you think that they can't do it and you portray that to them, oh, I can't do it because Mr. So-and-so said I couldn't do that is important, right? We want to stay away from that. I taught special ed for some time too. The students in there, right? Oh, I can't do it because I'm a special ed. It's like they, they gave themselves that identity, right? They automatically couldn't do something. I was also a swim coach. There was a student, I remember, He says, I can't do that because I wanted him to swim across the pool. And like he said, are you crazy? I can't do that. I just looked at him. I said, who told you that? That's all I said. And and that's a powerful question right there. Exactly. And that's what I say to all of my clients. If they say they can't do something, I say, who told you that? And then oftentimes it's them, right? They're subconscious, right? I can't do this. Okay. Well, what's the first step to doing this? And we just begin that process. Sometimes it could be trust. Sometimes it could be, again, the tiny steps and then finally doing the big thing, right? Because for him, it was swimming across the whole pool. 
So we just did this half the pull 10 times or something like that. I was like, basically, that's the whole pull. So you already did it. And then it's like, oh, I already did it. And then they do it. High five. Cool, right? Now they have learned, right? It is easier to build strong children than to heal broken adults. And we have to do the best job we can with our children. Because if they come out broken too, yes, we have job security. But we we don't want just to have to fix all the time something that's broken, right? We want to fix the problem, right? What's the roots? What can we uplift to say, okay, this is the issue. Let's begin there. Versus, okay, well, let's keep putting a Band-Aid on it a band-aid on it, a band-aid on it, and nothing gets fixed in the long run, right? S significance has to start with big change, all right? And sometimes people have a hard time with that big change. This conversation that we had might be a small change for them. It might be an eye-opening experience for them. Maybe it's the beginning for them too, right? They said, you know what? Maybe there's areas that I can make some adjustments. Maybe there are going to be questions, some questions I have to ask myself in order for me to invoke a little bit more action. Because yes, it is scary. We don't know what the other side is going to bring, but we do know that we can make some change. What is your view for the world? I know we talked about it briefly, right? But your view for the world, not just for children, but for adults too. Can you tell me more about like my view in what way specific? To well, your view is like, well, you see the potential in everyone, right? And you talked about this, well, you alluded to it, saying the whole world would be different if everyone just took some action, right? This was their higher self, right? We alluded to that, right? The world would be a better place. What is that better place? Yeah, it's a place where if we are ourselves, if each of us or 50% of us or 10% of us are 10% more conscious, more aware, then you know, I didn't hear the rest of your rules, but I heard the two rules for your classroom, which was kindness and show up. We would do that naturally. I don't think human beings are wired to be mean and awful and unkind. But I think when we are out of consciousness, when we are not awakened, I don't mean being woke, but I mean like literally awake to life, to moments, when we're not feeling present, we're not kind and we don't show up. Just that. That's what coaching does. Coaching allows you to be conscious and awake and present and intentional and to take radical responsibility for your life, to step out of the victim mindset that you have referred to so many times. And I want to be super clear. There are victims in the world. I am not talking about being a victim. I am talking about my mother did this 30 years ago. My dad did that 40 years ago. My boss did this, you know, 25 years ago. And now I'm this. I'm talking about that mindset. So if we, and radical responsibility is the opposite of that. I am creating my life slowly, maybe arduously, one step at a time, but I'm doing it. Oh, of course we would have a different world. All our interactions would be different. That's going to be the title how to create radical responsibility, because mm -hmm. that is what we need, right? How to, how to create radical responsibility where we have to take ownership, right? Yes, something bad could happen in our life. It doesn't have to define who we are or who we can become. We become responsible, right? So we take back the wheel and we say, I don't want to go to this destination. I don't want to go to this destination anymore. I want to go to this destination, right? We take that ownership, right? That's our responsibility. I loved everything that you and I spoke about. It was a 
thought invoking episode where it's just like so deep and it was just so much wisdom, so much knowledge in there where people are going to be like, whoa, I got to listen to this again, because I'm sure if you rewind it, you're going to pick up on some things because I was taking notes today and I was like, whoa, this is like, you can go down so many different paths with just different questions and different responses. And I encourage everyone who's listening or watching to ask different questions, right? Just to say, well, what would happen if we asked this question, right? What do you think would happen? Well, you might not know the answer, but what you can do is reach out to Carolyn and you can say, hey, I have a question, right? You can reach out to me too. And you can say you have a question too. But I think she was the star of the show here today because she was on point. She was concise and she knows what she's doing. What I would like for you to do is to share with us any last words and then to tell the audience where they can find you. So if they do have any of those dot invoking questions, they can reach you. Last words. It's so hard. <gasps> say yes. You know, I'm as I was sharing with you, probably the best kept secret in the coaching world, because all my clients come to me through referrals and renewals, you know, and yet you found me and I said, Mm -hmm. yes, and I'm having this incredible moment with you, which will hopefully have ripple effects. So say yes. And you can find me on my website and all this stuff we talked about. I write a weekly blog. So all of this goes out in an email on a weekly basis to my community. And I would just love to stay in touch with you because I learned more from you today than I think I was able to share. So thank you for that, Michael. Oh, you're too kind. And no wonder you write, if you write a weekly blog, it's just, it it does something to the mindset. I do a weekly blog also. And it's just, again, I guess you're, you you are, you are right. It's, It's not, I guess you are right. I am curious, right? I ask those curious types of questions, right? What if, right? What is this, right? And then we do the research and then we put it out there in that weekly blog. And I'm going to definitely subscribe to your blog so I can be in touch with that and I can read that because I love the mindset that you have. I love the answers that you gave and then even the questions you asked me because they're so insightful for people to understand that and i will be putting your links in the description box below so people can easily find you reach out to you and then just to let you know too right that they heard you and i think that's important right to be heard especially as a coach right we want to know that the work we're doing is reaching people and we want to know that we are making a difference in the world even if it's one person at a time. I want to thank you so much, Carolyn, for coming on. You and I had a great conversation. We're going to have to do it again. Yes. Thank you, Michael. Looking forward to the next one. All right, everyone. I'd like to thank you so much for watching that interview with Carolyn and myself. As you can see, she was phenomenal, right? Number one, the questions that she asked, the answers that she gave were all insightful. Years of wisdom and knowledge under one roof, one mind in one episode to you. It might be daunting to take the first step. It might be a big task to say, we can change your whole life. Let's begin. We're not asking you to make a huge step today. We're asking you to take a step today. We're not asking you to change your whole life circumstance around. We're asking you to put focus on the circumstances you were given and then the circumstances you would like to have. Because In life, we get to choose to remain the same or to be something more. Because if we remain the same, eventually we're going to start to feel that burden. Yet, if we're always pushing, if we're always going up, yes, it's a fight. Yes, it's a struggle. Yes, it's going to be an energy drainer. But the best energy that we can use is going to be pushing ourselves to that higher self. 
building that identity that we want to have rather than the identity that we're labeled as. Changing our environment step by step, the tiny habits that we talked about. It's not simple strategy. It's not just me telling you what to do. And I already knew she was a good coach when she says, I don't work with everyone. Me either. I see people, not for their human potential only. I see them for all the weight that they have on them. Their shoulders has a lot of weight on them. Let me carry that load for you. I don't go to the gym for no reason. Let's talk about it. Let's open that space. Let's create that space for you. Let's organize all of our baggage, organize all of our thoughts, and then begin to take effective action. How can we begin to be responsible for our life? Many people are going to pass that responsibility off to someone else. Well, it's not my problem. But the truth is, life is not about problems or about finding problems and finding solutions. Because if we had no problems in life, maybe life would be better. Maybe life would be more, I guess, abundant for people. But people will create problems for themselves, right? People create problems all the time for themselves. How do you solve your problems? How do you solve your dilemmas? How do you find solutions for all of the mindsets and thoughts that you have inside of you that are telling you that you can't do something? That you might never surmount to anything in your life. It's a big burden. It's a big pill. If you're ready, if you're willing, and you want to take it on, and if you want to start to make some changes, be it small, be it big, I encourage you to check out Carolyn. Her links are going to be in the description box below. Begin that process because if you find that you're taking action, you're going to say, well, I'm taking action. You're going to find that there's a bunch of roadblocks along the way. You're going to find it. You're going to find there's days you don't want to show up. Not every day I want to show up. Some days I want to stay in bed. Some days I just want to do nothing. If I could be on my phone all day, I might. But eventually, something inside of me is going to start saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm on my phone. What are you doing though? Why are you wasting time? Time is ticking. Not saying that we have to take immediate action, but we do need to figure out how and when we are going to take action. Goals that have due dates are more likely to be completed than goals that do not have a date at all. You want to have a good career? You want to have success in your life? Where's the due date? When is, when is that due? When did you tell yourself that you're going to get that life? Or you just said that you're going to get it. Today, put a due date on that. Your relationships, your environment. Do you have the knowledge, the wisdom, the accountability to go all the way? To build yourself up piece by piece, knowing that you're building yourself into the person that you know you can be or the person that you're aiming to be. It takes time. Yes, sometimes people get there quicker. But just because they get there quick, it doesn't mean your path or your journey is wrong. Life is not about the destination. It's about the journey. If someone is getting to their grand life sooner than later, understand that they're going to have to find fulfillment, find new purpose, and figure out what does life really mean for them. Yet for you, in the trenches, in the trenches, and it might seem like, well, I would rather have that problem and just have everything that I wanted, everything that I could wish for. It's easy to say that. But once you get it, you're going to realize it's not that. Life's not about the end goal. Life's about the journey. And if you don't believe me, the end goal is going to be you on a deathbed, your last breath. Do you want to rush and get there? No. 
People are afraid to die. People are afraid to live. You can't be afraid of both. I encourage you to take action. I encourage you to not be afraid to live. Yeah, you could be afraid of death, whatever. Doesn't help. It's going to happen regardless whether you like it or not. So you might as well just understand it's there. That's part of life. But don't be afraid to live. Don't be afraid to take action. Learn to take action today. My name is Michael Reardon. I'm a mindset coach. If you have any questions, you can email me session at gmail.com and I will see everyone on the next episode of Coaching in Session. Until then, everyone, take care.